Hey everyone, thanks for joining me. I want to talk to you about something that we touched on a little bit before. And it's about people who start researching certain things, certain experiences. Uh, It could be UFO research, when people have been researching abductions. It could be um, people who are looking into things like men in black, black eyed children, and just a whole different array of things that we could be studying about and getting into some real in-depth research. So it's been said that a lot of the times when people are looking into certain things, they will be confronted themselves with the very thing that they are researching. I know that um, it has happened quite a few times. It's not everyone who will come out and report these things. Some people, they keep it to themselves and really don't talk about it too much. Not because they're scared, but just because maybe they figure that that's just what is going to happen or what may happen. So it's not a big deal. While it may not be a big deal to some, to me, it can be a big deal. Now, depending on what it is that you are researching and what it is that you are confronted with. I've heard many people talk about, um, and I, I told this story before, about being confronted by shadow people when they were looking into that. So I think about it once in a while when I'm out in my shack, especially these days because it gets dark so early. And so sometimes I'm out there and it's not late, but it's dark. So it's about maybe 8 p.m. No, it's not any later than 9 o'clock. And I'm out there. Sometimes really getting into what I'm reading about. So much so that I don't even notice how much time has passed or how late it is. So what happened was I'm out there and I was really getting into some of these stories that people have submitted about a certain phenomenon. So I've got two windows in my shack that face the backyard. I'm kind of like on the side of the house in the corner. So I can see part of the backyard, the right side of it. We have a slope in our backyard. It's not real big, but it's a slope anyhow. And my dogs cannot get up there because we have a small little fence that prevents them from going up on that slope because we have plants and things planted up there and solar lights and what have you. So we don't want the dogs up there 
chewing on our solar lights and running around up there and getting on our plants. So they can't get up there. One of my dogs is white. She's a boxer. And so the reason that I'm telling you this is because somewhere during this story, some of you know me and you know what my dogs look like. You know what my backyard looks like. And so that's why I wanted to put that in the description before I say what happened. So when I was out there and I'm reading and it's dark. So I see something that's so it looks silvery white, but it's nighttime, it's dark, and some of the Christmas lights from our house stretch to the side, which kind of um, gives it like a glow on that side of the house where my shack is, as well as I put Christmas lights on my shack because I thought it would be cute. So anyways, I can see this kind of like a warm glow. So at first, I thought... It's, oh, it's just my, uh, my white boxer out there running around. Till I realized that whatever this thing is, is on the slope. So at first, my initial reaction was somehow that darn dog got up there on the slope. So I came out of my shack and I yelled at her. I called her. But she came running around from the other side of the house, and that thing was still up there. It had been moving, but now it just, it was still. So I tried to, like, look, you know, you kind of squint your eyes and stuff. Because of the darkness, I couldn't really tell. Well, maybe it's from another light source. Who knows what this thing is? So I started to turn around. I told her, okay. Go ahead, go back in your nine-night house. So I turned around to go back into my shack. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw that thing move again. So I stood still. I didn't face the slope. I continued facing like um, off to the side. So I didn't have a direct, my face wasn't directly towards the slope. And I could see this thing. And the only way I can describe what I was seeing was like maybe something that looked to be the size of like an alligator. Or a person crawling. All right? So this thing was a silvery white. Anyways, that's how it looked. And... I don't know if that was its true color or if there was some other type of light source that was shining on this thing. But nevertheless, it was a silvery white color and it continued moving up the slope. There's a wooden fence back there and... You know, through the wooden fences, there are cracks because of the wood and, you know, it swells and it contracts and you can kind of like see through it a little bit as well as underneath. 
I'm pretty sure critters can crawl very easily from the top of that slope to the people behind us in their backyard. This thing got maybe three quarters of the way up that slope. And I started moving back into my shack. I was just going to go back in there. And I didn't turn around and walk back in there. I actually moved sideways. So I moved sideways because I didn't want to lose my whole entire visual of this thing, whatever it was. I moved sideways and there's like this little short picket looking fence thing around it. And that's also to keep my dogs from the part of the yard where my shack is located. I had to step over that thing and I went back in. I closed the door and I looked out the right window, the window on the right side. And that thing was still there. And I was saying, what in the hell is that? So I'm in my shack and I'm just, I I mean, you can hardly believe it. I thought, well, if that's a lizard, that's the biggest friggin' lizard I've ever seen because we get a lot of lizards up there in the warmer weather. But this thing was probably, oh, maybe, I'm going to say four feet long, it looked like. And it was about, I don't know, the width of it, to me, looked like uh, maybe, I don't know, 12 inches wide, maybe. I, I really don't know, but it looked like it could actually be the size of like a person also. So whatever this thing was, and I could not distinguish like the head. I can't say it had a tail I because I didn't see an actual tail. And I can't say there was a head because I really didn't see a head. I just saw like this shape and this length. So this thing gets about three quarters up and then it just moved so fast. It was like something you see on a movie where something just moves so fast. I went like, huh? And it looks to me like it went under the fence, like it it would have went to the backyard of the people behind us. That's what it looked like to me. So when I saw that, now so many things are running through my mind. I'm thinking, okay, is it safe for me to come out of this, my shack now, lock this door, step over this little picket fence 
and then walk all the way around to the other side of my house to go in through the garage and then to let myself in. You know, that side door to the garage that goes that goes in from your backyard to the garage. Like, I wasn't sure because to me, it was like a creature of some kind going to come and what, bite me in half? Like, what if that thing is like really some sort of, who knows what, some sort of crocodile or something like that? These are the type of things that were going through my mind. So I stood there. I couldn't get over it. At first, I was like, okay, I've seen a lot of weird, a lot of strange in my life. So I went ahead and, you know, you you just got to shake it off. So I went ahead and I picked up my stuff and I um, closed that door, locked it up and walked around. I didn't look at the slope because if there was, if that thing would have still been there, I would have seen it because of the color of it. I didn't really need to look there until I got almost to the other side of the house. And then I just looked at uh, the slope, but it it would have been the left-hand corner. And I was thinking to myself now, where did that thing come from? Where did it go? And just what was it? There was no sound. And I've got two dogs back there. They did not bark. They made no noise. And one of them barks if, if I'm dumping the trash out on the side of the house there and she doesn't know it's me. She'll be barking and she'll come around the corner. So, I mean, I don't know what to say about this. Um, and then last night, because my bedroom window, one of them, the part that I can, like, my, I face it, like when I'm turned on my side, I can see out in the backyard on the left side of the slope, as well as the big slider door and everything, then I can see pretty much the rest of the backyard and the slope. So periodically last night, I would just open my eyes and look out there. Now, the reason why I bring this up about when people are looking into certain things and researching certain subjects, being confronted sometimes by the very things that you are reading about is because I was actually looking into these um, pale crawlers. I was reading about them. I started hearing about them a few years ago. And there are drawings of these things. Um, There are probably a few pictures or videos of things that people have seen in their yards or in like um, if they're in the evening going through a walk for a walk through the park or whatever. And they have seen these things. There are a few different descriptions. Now, I can't say that what I saw was one of these entities. And even if it was, why would it appear on the slope? Why would it 
not make a sound when all of these other things that people have seen seem to be coming towards their their houses. There were some caught on a video camera in the backyard of someone's house one evening. And I think there were more than one. There may have been two or three of these things that were caught on a video. But it just leads me to think about this. So, all right, I think, well, okay, what if I'm out here one evening and, I mean, I don't even want to say some of the things that I research and being confronted with certain things like that. And, okay, once again, I'm not saying that every single time and every single subject that we look into, we're going to be confronted by it. But I have heard that when you really start getting into it, your chances of being confronted by these things, like the percentage goes up of you being in an encounter with these things, whatever it is you're really getting into. And I'm not talking about just casual reading about these things in different subjects and anomalies and so on. I'm talking about when you're hardcore getting into something. Just like people hardcore getting into certain um, abduction cases, certain encounters with, they say, extraterrestrials and so on, and then they have encounters with men in black. So... What is it now, all right? I don't believe that there are people or beings or things like this that can totally get into your mind, read your mind verbatim, and just know everything about you and what you're thinking and what you're reading and what your interests are and so on. But that's just me. I just don't believe that. I believe that our minds are like encased, like in a vault. And unless you decide to throw it out there mentally, no, nothing is going to be able to breach that security in that vault, all right? So I'm not saying I'm right, but that's my personal belief. So what is it that attracts these things to us while we're getting really involved in our study? Well, it must be energy. It must be the energy that we're putting out there plus the way that these certain subjects may make us feel. Maybe some of these kind of um, give us a little bit of a fright. Some of them may just make us feel 
like we say, you know, like heebie-jeebies and stuff like this. Well, that's part of being a little bit scared also. You know, the things just creep you out and and all these different feelings. And we all we know that fear is a big one. Even animals know. They can smell your fear. Fear is one of the biggest attractors of certain things. If I had to put fear like as a molecule, I would say that fear is a big, huge molecule. And that's where the attraction comes in. I'm not going to say I was out there so fearful about these things, but I will say that it was creepy, especially when I saw one of those videos. It was creepy, like, kind of like, okay, what if you're outside? What if you step outside in the middle of the night to, um, I don't know, go have a cigarette? And you're confronted with one of these things. Think about it. And these things have been reported from everywhere. Not just in rural areas, but in neighborhoods. Like development neighborhoods. You know, track neighborhoods. As well as rural areas, semi-rural apartment buildings. They've been seen pretty much everywhere. The uh, other thing, okay, that really got me going about this phenomenon is, so it's been reported that these things can actually, like, speak. They can actually sound like a person. And this is where I started getting kind of like creeped out while I was reading. So there are a lot of stories about these things. Well, quite a few. And one of them was, okay, so there's this guy and I want to say he lives in an apartment complex somewhere like in Tennessee or something like that. So him and his girlfriend, they were, I think they were playing video games and they decided, okay, we're done. And so it was pretty late. She went to go take a shower. He went outside to go smoke a cigarette. And he says he heard something. It sounded like a woman. And this woman was saying, help me. And she was like almost screaming, please, someone help me. So the apartment building where he lives is like kind of like across the the highway from nothing, like from empty fields and kind of like a wooded area. So he's like, wait a minute, you know, he's out there with his cigarette and he's like, what is this? I It sounds like a woman. So he starts walking and he's... He says, I start walking and I continue to hear this. So now he has to like cross this street. But if it's a woman and she needs help, he's really concerned about it. So he starts walking and he says, once I cross that street, the voice started getting like further away. And he said, 
it was like somebody was running. So then he was feeling kind of strange about it. And he thought to himself, whatever this is, it's like it wants me to go into that wooded area. So he started thinking, uh, no, there's something kind of strange going on here. But his thinking is, there's probably people there who want to do him harm. He's not thinking in a paranormal sense about this whole thing. So anyhow, he starts like to kind of backtrack. And then he says, this female voice continues and says, why won't anyone help me? And she's like, why won't you come and help me? And then he hears something running. He hears the, like, steps on dry brush. He hears, like, twigs cracking, like somebody stepping on them. And he's like, okay, I'm out of here. So he starts walking back. But in the meantime, what he sees on the ground, because he's not just going to turn around. He's kind of like starting to walk, kind of like, in a, in a sideways fashion, he's walking back, but kind of like sideways, not just straight back. And he doesn't turn his entire back to this, this uh, wooded area. So he still has a, a visual on it. And he says he saw this pale thing like down on the ground. And he said it moved so fast. It was unbelievable. And that's when he just went ahead across the street back to where he was, his apartment. And all the while now he's thinking, well, what if this, these creatures or whatever these things are have someone and she really needs help? So he decides to just go ahead and call 911. So he calls 911. The police go out there. They go, they look around. Nope, they don't see anything. Well, of course not. Because we all know that there wasn't a real person there. But whatever that thing was, that pale crawler, well, that thing they didn't find either. Which is not surprising because these things, wherever they're from, they go back to. So this uh, individual says he does not want to go outside anymore at night, even to smoke. And he wants nothing to do with that wooded area. He knows what he saw. He knows how it made him feel. It scared the hell out of him. So that's what I was reading about before I saw what I saw. The creepiest thing and the most, I mean, what we're talking about perhaps uh, an element of danger that I get from this is the fact that these things are able to speak and to sound like people. So who's to say what would happen if that guy would have just went out there into the, into that area? What would have happened to him? What would these things do? And you know how my mind is. Then I start thinking about people missing. People missing from uh, mountains, from these type of wilderness areas who go hunting and 
and this kind of stuff, people who go camping and they never see them or hear from them again. There are many theories about what happens to these people, but what if some of these people are having encounters with these, whatever they are? It's food for thought because we all know that there is so much in this world that we haven't yet seen, we haven't yet heard about. Not only because there are just, it's just like at the bottom of the ocean. Who knows what kind of, uh, what kind of marine life is down there? We really don't know. They find new things all the time. It's not because of anything being suppressed necessarily. It's because we just don't know. We haven't encountered these things. They're maybe more difficult. They live in a more uh, difficult location that's not easily accessed. So we, we don't see them. Just like a lot of the wilderness areas. Yeah, there are, it, you know, it's harder and harder these days to actually be in real wilderness. But there are still a lot of places where people haven't gone or maybe very few people. So there are different forms of life perhaps out there that we don't know about. The other thing is, then you get that person who maybe encounters something, has an experience, and they don't tell anyone. Maybe they just don't want to talk about it because it's so upsetting to them. Maybe it's uh, from fear of ridicule. Who knows? But there are many people who have had experiences and who just don't talk about them. They don't want to. They're scared. They're afraid it's going to make it happen again, make it come back, somehow attract these things. So there are many reasons why we still don't know everything. And we never will. I just, there's so, so much. There is so much to learn about. That's one of the reasons why it's so difficult. People think, oh, it's just so easy to go on and talk about all this spooky, all this scary, all this mysterious it actually isn't. I used to believe that, oh, well, how difficult can it be? Just go on there and talk about this and that. No, it's not that easy because either you're going to put out a bunch of hoo-ha, you're going to put out a bunch of uh, misinformation, or you're going to put out something that is to the best of your knowledge, is true. You want to be credible. So it isn't just so easy. That's why a lot of the things that I talk about are my own experiences, are people that I know, people who have come forward and told me. That's why I do a lot of that. I read some, but before I would bring it out and tell you about it, I have to go through 
more than just one. Like, okay, I'll read it on this particular site. Well, that's not enough for me because it sounds a little far-fetched. So let me continue looking in some other areas for the same thing. At least three. I have to go to at least three sources. So that takes a lot of time, especially, you know, because I work also. And um, it's it takes a lot of time. I like doing this. I like telling these um, type of things, especially my experiences. And I also like hearing from other people's. I mean, there's some stuff out there that goes on that is just like, oh man. The one of the, I'm going to tell you guys, man, one of the stories that really, really got to me beside the finger sucking thing was the story that uh, one of my coworkers told me about her aunt and uncle and they had a barbecue and her uncle was, you know, he was all partied up and stuff. And then after everybody went home and they cleaned up and he was sitting on the couch and he was still drunk. And his wife went upstairs to go take a shower and she was getting ready to go to bed. And she called him. And she was like, come on, come and get cleaned up and go to bed. And he's like, oh, I'll be up there. I'm just going to finish watching this show. But, you know, he was really just drunk. That's why he wasn't getting up. He wasn't really watching TV. You know how people get, you just want to sit there and like, you can't really do too much because you're just all drunk. So anyhow, she goes to bed and then she wakes up a little bit later and she notices that he's still not there. She still sees the light. I think they had a two-story house. I'm not really sure. And she goes and she calls him and she's like, come on. I told you a long time ago, come to bed. And he was like, okay. So then she was laying in her bed. She was waiting for him and here he comes. And she said he came walking in the room and there was something walking with him that was helping him because he was still drunk. And she said something was helping him walk into the room and then just helped him lay down in his bed. And after this thing helped him lay down in his bed, this thing peed on him. That story is one of those that just, it's like branded in my mind. Because I got goosebumps right now. When she told me that story, as soon as she said, my aunt said that that thing peed on him. I knew what that was right away. That thing, whatever it was, was marking its territory. I just like, oh man, these people really need help because they're going to come back for him or whatever eventually, okay? This thing believes that it owns that man. Ugh, okay. So it even went, okay, the story even goes as far as after the, and then that thing walked uh, walked out of the room. It didn't just disappear. I believe the thing just walked out of the room. She couldn't believe it. She was frozen with fear, but then she was able to get up and she took that shirt off of her husband 
And I don't remember entirely if she threw it away or what she did with it, but I believe that there was a substance on his shirt. So, see, it's like, okay, so then there was something organic about this thing. This thing wasn't just a spirit. This thing had form. It had substance to be able, well, number one, it helped him. This guy was lean, like kind of like leaning on this thing. And then it helped him into the bed. So it was actually able to move his limbs around. Like this thing was able to help his legs, you know, and put him on the bed and stuff. And then it was of substance because it peed on him and there was an actual residue on the man's clothing. On the man's shirt, I believe it was. So, that is uh, one of those stories that will never leave my mind. And anyone who's been into the paranormal, into researching these type of things, had their own experiences, listened to other people's experiences, there's always... That one story that's never going to go away. That's all you're always going to remember. I have a few of those. I have a few that will. I'll always remember. They're just branded up here. I, they're, they're not going to go away. But anyways, um, I'll be getting into some more stuff. Let me see. Um, okay, I, it won't be until probably Monday. I'm going to come back. And I'm going to share some other things that are happening right now. I wasn't planning on talking about this today, but I also wasn't planning on having an encounter. I was um, going to talk about some other things that are happening. But, you know, that's just how it goes. Am I going to go in my shack tonight? I don't think so. And one of the reasons is not because of what happened. One of the re the main reason is because it's freezing in there. It gets so cold at night. I'm just freezing. And I'm like a winter wimpy person. I don't like winter. I like summer when it's hot as heck and everybody's complaining because it's hot. I like that. So until I'm able to put my heater on in there, which will probably be next week, then I'll go back in there in the evening. Yeah, I mean, as long as I know it's not like a, a real creature that's going to come and like bite me or something, you know, attack me, I'm fine. But I do not know what that thing was. It just seemed to me that I'm looking into this story and then I see this thing. Was it my imagination? No, I don't. I don't um, do things like that. I don't. My mind doesn't work like that. The stuff that I look into, the I mean, if I have an encounter, I do. It's not that I'm causing it. It's not my imagination. I can say that confidently because I've been doing this for many, many years now. And I just, 
I just know how you know your own your own way. So now what I saw was not imagination. There was definitely something. But anyhow, that's all I've got for right now. I will be back on Monday. Hopefully, I always say hopefully because you never know what's going to happen. And everybody have a great weekend and I'll be talking to you soon. Ciao.